Hey, e-commerce friend, today's episode is a replay of one of our most popular episodes. And even if you listen to it the first time, I encourage you to listen to it again, because it's likely your business has evolved a lot since then, and there might be something that's more relevant to you right now, or you might just hear it differently. So don't go away, listen through, let's get into it. Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster. I'm really excited about today's episode because this topic has been on my mind for a long time, and I have touched on it here and there throughout the podcast, but never dedicated an entire episode to it. With the release of Shopify's filter and search app, it reminded me that we needed to chat about it. And yes, it's still technically an app that you have to add to Shopify. It's not quite native, but it's created by Shopify and it's free. If you're already using a third-party app, then continue to use that, especially if it has more features than the standard Shopify one. But if you haven't done anything to optimize your search, the Shopify app is a great place to start. One thing to keep in mind, if you're a one-product store or only have a handful of items and not a lot of educational blog content that people will be searching for, you can probably skip this episode. But if you just want to hang out and learn, that's cool too. Before we get into the nitty-gritty details, let's talk about why we're talking about this and why e-commerce site search is so important. And here are a few statistics to paint the picture. 64% of people use site search because they're ready to buy. 43% of users on retail websites go directly to the search bar versus putzing around and shopping your website. Consumers who use search are 2.4 times more likely to buy, and they spend 2.6 times more than the customers who don't use search. 39% of purchasers are influenced by relevant search, and 12% of users will bounce to a competitor's website after a poor search experience. If you want to learn more about the power that site search has on e-commerce conversion and sales, I'll put a link in the show notes to where I got all of those numbers. And I want you to think about how you shop e-commerce sites. Sure, in some cases, you're going to peruse and scroll to see what they have. But other times, you're going to start shopping knowing exactly what you're looking for and want to find it as quickly as possible. And for most consumers, that's how they shop on sites like Amazon. I mean, there's a reason why their search bar is so big and obvious at the top of their screen. Because they know that it's typically how their consumer shops and they know how valuable those shoppers are. And sure, maybe there are people who browse Amazon, but it's likely that happens way less often than, you know, on a typical apparel website. 
And yes, I realize you're not Amazon, but the point is an optimized search experience is really important and valuable for e-commerce businesses. All right, so now that you're convinced, let's talk about what controls you have and the common ways you can improve the search function for your site visitors. But before we get there, you have to understand how the Shopify search engine works. So the engine, by default, will search products, pages, and posts. And then within those different content types, there are different fields that are looked at. For products, it's titles for parent products and variants, description, product type, product vendor, product tag, variant barcode, and variant SKU. For pages, it's title and body, and for articles, it's title, body, author, and tag. Some themes will either give you a choice of which content types you want to search. It'll be in your theme customizer, or they'll limit it to products only by default. And then the Shopify site search engine has something called typo tolerance, which means it will include items that differ from the search term by one letter or have two letters in a different order. This does not kick in unless the first four letters are correct and it doesn't work with product tags. If the search term in question is included in one of the other fields mentioned earlier, you're fine. But if it's only in a product tag for some reason, the typo tolerance won't work. And it also is only supported when English is the theme language. And I'll stick a link in the show notes if you want to learn more about how the front end Shopify search works. All right, so now that you know what data Shopify is looking at, now we can work through how to optimize that. And while you can certainly revisit your product titles, descriptions, and tags for this, there are also some backend optimizations you can do that won't change the content on the front of your website at all. In a typical search optimization strategy, you have five main tactics that you can use. Some of these are not necessarily functions of the Shopify app. They may be theme specific or require a third party app that does have the feature. And I'll let you know the details as we go through. But ultimately, I say if it's extra and not included by default, it's probably a nice to have versus a necessity. So don't feel like you have to implement it just because you heard me talk about it here. First off are synonyms and misspelled words. And yes, this is available in the Shopify search and filter app. This is pretty obvious, right? Essentially, you're just telling the site search engine that if someone searches for one word, it also means this other word. In my previous day job, we had a lot of synonyms and a lot of misspelled words. We would update this weekly based on what was getting zero search results or common searches that we saw coming through. When it comes to adding synonyms for your site search, think about not only the product itself and how people describe them, but also the way they would describe a color or write out a size. As I mentioned, you do have typo tolerance by default, but more intentional synonyms for misspelled words certainly doesn't hurt. For example, pants could also be trousers or slacks. I hate the word slacks. Or maybe you sell products with profanity on them, my favorite kind of products. Then you may want to create a synonym for profanity, swears, and curses. If you sell t-shirts, maybe you spell it out, T hyphen shirt, in your product name, but then your customer comes and searches for a T, like T-E-E. Maybe you add your product sizes as X hyphen large, but the customer is searching for XL. 
Or maybe you list something as burgundy, but the customer is searching for maroon. Speaking of colors, one note about that. When you're adding filters to your store, which is not really what we're talking about today, but when you do that, if you sell products that have specific color names from the vendors like Raspberry, Merlot, or Jet Black, you can use those names for the variant, but group all of those together for your filters into classic names like red, black, yellow. If you have a handful of metallics, maybe not enough to separate silver from gold, you can group them together. And same thing with prints. Maybe it's all prints or you group stripes and florals, animal prints, etc. When it comes to search synonyms, there is a lot that can be done here. And it might be a big project at the beginning, but then it just becomes a maintenance thing. And you may also want to get in the habit of adding common synonyms or misspellings as you add new product as part of that initial workflow. If you're not sure where to start, there are two reports inside of Shopify that you can look at. One is called the Top Online Store Searches, and the other is Top Online Store Searches with No Results. These reports are a great way to not only identify what synonyms and misspellings you may need to focus on, but also what products might be a good addition to your store. Product boosts are another feature of the Shopify Search and Filter app. This lets you push specific products to the top of the search results. This is a great option if you have a lot of evergreen products and maybe your new items tend to get buried by your bestsellers, or maybe you've got an item that just doesn't seem to move and it's possibly because it hasn't gotten enough attention. Next up are visual recommendations inside the search results. This is just where it shows many product listings. So instead of the customer having to be redirected to a product grid or a search results page, the most relevant items will appear as they're searching. This is typically theme related, and there are probably apps you can use to add this functionality. It's not something that can just be toggled on through the app. Then we have predictive search. This is just like when you search Google. As you start to type, Google will give you search suggestions. Great tip for finding SEO keywords, by the way. This is the same for product search on your e-commerce website. And this is also theme specific and you might already have this functionality in your store. And then lastly are redirects. This is something we used a lot in my previous day job, but it's not native to the Shopify search app. And if you have a good set of synonyms, it's probably not necessary. But essentially, it's where you set a specific collection or page you want someone to go to when they search for a specific term. So now that you're showing your customers the most relevant search results, you'll want to make sure that they can easily filter and sort the results they've got. We're not going to go into all the details of that here. I'll add that to the to record list. But essentially, you want to make sure that once they get to the page of search results, they can easily filter it even further if they need to. I already touched on how to properly create color filters, but you'll also want to think about adding filters for price, reviews, product availability. If you need to add custom filters that aren't available through native Shopify filters, you can use meta fields to create those. For instance, if you want to create a filter for fabric options. Prior to Shopify 2.0, you did this with product tags, but now it's done with meta fields. All right, so now you know how much more valuable searchers are and you've got your results optimized, but how do we actually get more people to use the search function? Well, 
that really comes down to visibility. As I mentioned earlier, there's a reason why Amazon's search bar is so big. And if you look at most larger websites, they all have a similar size search bar, even on mobile. I haven't personally come across a Shopify theme that has a search bar like that. It usually just has a magnifying glass option, but in most cases, that will be fine. The biggest thing to look out for is that on mobile, ideally your search isn't hidden inside the menu. That's going to be theme specific. And I do know that Impulse by Archetype, which is one of my go-to themes, has the search icon front and center on mobile. Of course, this is something you can change with the help of a developer. Is it going to revolutionize your business? Probably not. So I wouldn't worry too much about it right away. But if you do have a really big product assortment, it's something you might want to consider for the future. And, you know, as time goes on, customers are getting more and more accustomed to how things are laid out on websites, and they may very well know to open up the menu to go look for it. All right. So just in case you tuned out somewhere along the way, let's bring it back and do a quick recap. Consumers who use search are 2.4 times more likely to buy, and they spend 2.6 times more than customers who don't use search. As an e-commerce entrepreneur with a wide assortment of products, it's in your best interest to spend some time optimizing the search experience on your website. Get started with the Shopify search and discovery app so you can implement synonyms and product boosts. Use the zero results search report and the popular searches report to figure out what needs to be optimized. Check your theme to see if you already have predictive search and or product listings in your search results. You're likely to have more of this functionality if you're on a Shopify 2.0 theme. If you think you need more functionality like redirects and product recommendations, look into an advanced search app. Don't forget to include filters and sorting for your results to make it easier for the customer to find what they're looking for. And then lastly, try and make sure your search function is as easy to find as possible. And that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today, and I'll see you on the flip side, friend. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass. Thank you.